being here today. I sure am grateful for what the Lord did this morning. I appreciate the good service. And I know everybody's tired. They're half comatose. If you didn't take a nap, I know you're tired after all that good eating. But uh, amen. I'm going to do my best to mind the Lord. And I'll share with you a thought that's on my heart. Then we'll be able to shout the victory having minded God. Amen. On a Sunday night service. Thank you for being found in your place. Hey, uh, those folks that you invite to church, they probably, if they're around you in your neighborhood, they know whether your car goes in and out on Sunday morning. I guarantee you, they know when you pull out with the bass boat behind you that you ain't going to church. Somebody say amen. Woo, amen. Let's, let's go to church today. Pray God to help us. Amen. Genesis chapter number 26. We've seen Abraham, and Abraham has tried his best to mind God. I wonder if God told us to do like Abraham. We just strike out going, don't know where we're headed, ain't got no place to live. Hey, man, don't know if we're going to have a job when we get there. I wonder if we just leave everything we know and go wherever God tells us to go. Hey, man, and you know his wife, she's, she's uh, man, he, she's probably wondering, now hold on a minute, baby, I'm depending on you. And she never bucked up, never did nothing. I thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for a man who will follow God. Amen. And he's had a boy. Y'all know how he got a little bit ahead of God, but he's, he's had another boy. And this boy here's the seed of promise is going to come through. The Messiah is going to come through Isaac. Notice what the Bible, we're picking up reading about Isaac. In Genesis chapter number 26, I'll begin reading in uh, verse 17. This preacher mic ain't on, Grant. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. He ain't trying to start no new thing. Verse 19. And Isaac's servants digged again in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water's ours. And he called the name of the well Essek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well. They didn't get mad. They didn't get fouled up. They didn't quit. They said, well, hey, that's all right. We'll dig again. Verse 21 says, And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sithna. And he removed from thence and digged another well, for they for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father, Fear not, I'm not just your daddy's God. He said, I'm yours, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And notice what he did in verse 25. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there 
Isaac's servants digged a well. Man, they don't go nowhere. They don't go to dig it. Verse number 26. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar, Ehuzath, one of, the, one of his friends, and Phicol, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said to them, Wherefore come you to me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And, and we said, Let there not be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee that thou wilt do us no hurt as we have not touched thee and as we have not done unto thee nothing but good and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of the Lord. The wicked Philistines know that he is the blessed of the Lord. And he made them a feast and they did eat and drink and they rose up betimes in the morning and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day, watch this, now it says they dug there in Beersheba, verse 25. And it came to pass, verse 32, the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And they called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Father, we love you. Pray God you did me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me to mind you. Help me, Lord, I pray. We need your help. We need your touch. I pray God you deal with sinners and help saints. And Help me, God, to be the vessel that you can preach through. And Lord, I don't know. There might be some folks in here that we need to go digging. I pray, God, that you might help us to go digging. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we ask God and plead the blood over this service and plead the blood for this message and ask God uh, that you deal with everybody this year that we leave uh, uh, better than when we came. I pray God uh, uh, that you might protect us, put a hedge about us uh, and enable us and empower us uh, uh, to be the servants, Lord, that you be pleased to call yours and we'll love you in Jesus' name. We thank you and pray and all God's people say, amen, you can be seated. If the Lord would help me just for a little while today, Tonight, I want to preach on, the, on this thought, what to do when God shows up. What to do when God shows up. Notice our text verse, verse 25. Verse 24, the Lord had appeared unto Isaac and spoke to him and let him know, I'm not just a God of yesterday, but I'm a God of today. I'm not just a God of your fathers, but I'm your God and I'll be with you and I'll bless thee. And notice what he did after the Lord showed up in verse 25. I believe it's what we ought to do. At least four things when the Lord shows up. Look what he did in verse 25. And he built it an altar there and called upon the Lord and pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Four things that Isaac did in verse 25 after the Lord had showed up for Isaac. He dug first where his daddy dug. And when he couldn't find no room, he kept digging. 
and he kept digging till he found the place that God wanted him to set up camp. Amen. In verse 25, we find out that he set up some camp in Beersheba and right after God spoke to him and God, amen, confirmed that he is going to be with him. He did these four things. Number one, he built it an altar. Amen. He built it an altar there. Every time, it's a simple thought tonight, but I think we need it in 2021. Hey, when the Lord shows up, you need to build an altar. I mean, every time that he shows up, you need to build an altar. Every time God meets you in the altar, if it's on the left side, he'll remember, thank God. It's right there. I remember one time, old Jerry stood up and testified. He said it was on one side of the altar that I got things right. It was on the other side of the altar that I surrendered to God. Hey, there's times in your life that God showed up riding down the road. You ought to put you one of them marks on the side of the road, one of them crosses. That's where God showed up. You ought to build an altar when you're walking through the woods and it feels like God hits you with a sledgehammer and you hit your knees and you got the prayer through because there's a difference in trying to pray and really praying. Hey, the Bible said Daniel prayed three times a day. It didn't say he tempted to pray. It said he prayed. Oh boy, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever really prayed, you know what it means to pray through. Amen. Every time you build an altar, when God shows up, build an altar. Every time he manifests himself in your life, build an altar. Make a sacrifice. You say, preacher, what kind of sacrifice do I need to make? Hebrews 13, sacrifice. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Every time God does something, you ought to go back to church and say, church, I just want to let you know, I was riding down I-85. Amen. And right about marker 35, God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Felt like a hundred acres of heaven just fell down in my soul. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for still meeting with me. You'll not be ashamed of it when you get to pray through. You'll embrace somebody else. It's a dragon or hind head. Somebody else is struggling up the side of the mountain. They need to know that God's still meeting with his people, building an altar. An altar is there to stay, friend. Here's a rock altar. Amen. Amen. We're greatly lacking in altar building in our day. How long has it been since you built an altar? I wonder if we got a prayer altar at the house. Somebody say amen. An altar is a testimony. Amen. Of something special in your heart or something special that God has done. Amen. Thank God for the free grace and free love and the free mercy of God. He don't charge us every time we need it. I'm not talking about putting up a pillar. You see, Jacob's going to put up a pillar and he's going to recognize that God was there. That's a marker. Amen. That's identifying. Amen. Nothing wrong. Put up a pillar once in a while. But that ain't what he did. He put up an altar. That's where you give thanks. That's where you make a sacrifice. That's where you give. Amen. That's where you don't just put a pillar and say, hey, God did something for me here. But that's where you do something back for God. You do that at the altar, say amen. 
Amen. Isaac didn't just raise a pillar. Amen. A statue commemorating God showing up. He built an altar. A place to sacrifice. A place to serve. How many times has God done something for us and we just go on about our business, never do brag on Him, never do give Him praise. Amen. I'll tell you what the Bible says. It talks about a grace over yonder in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. It talks about abundant grace. That's that grace more than you need. That's overflowing grace. That's abiding grace. That's increasing grace. That's grace every day you need it. Thank God for grace. But he says on in that text that it should redound back to the glory of God. I wish that had brought me one of them bouncy balls to the church. I'd have showed you what redound means. Here's what redound means. When I throw the ball down, it bounces back up. And when God throws down blessings and handfuls on purpose and does special things in your life, you ought to praise Him about it. It ought to bounce back to the glory of God. You ought to build an altar, say amen. Amen, not just a pillar. Show up at church and testify. Brag on the Lord, amen. Tell for, I tell you what, y'all remember I preached it not long ago. I believe I preached it on Wednesday night. Thank God for a church that'll pray without ceasing, amen. Peter's in prison and the church is praying. Woo, amen. They didn't try to get some outlaw to break him out. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, hallelujah. They didn't try to bail him out. They didn't try to get mad at the government shake their hand in the, now I tell you what they did, prayed. I tell you what we do if we don't like what's going on and I don't know about y'all, I don't like it. I don't like what's going on. We ought to pray because he said it, my people, which are called by my name, humble himself and pray. Amen. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Them will I hear. Them will I forgive. Them will I heal their life. I say hallelujah. Well, our land needs a healing. Somebody help me. Amen. I know y'all know I'm right. I like what the church did, man. When trouble came, they prayed. And they kept praying. I know they was all fouled up. They didn't have much faith in their praying. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible tells us. If you got a train load of unbelief and a mustard seed in the bottom of one of them train cars of faith, God says you can move them out. I got a bunch of unbelief. But I thank God I can muster up a, a little faith. Woo! It's what he put in me, amen. And you know what Peter did? He didn't walk off and go on doing his preaching business. He, man, when he came to himself, I'm out. Woo! Said he came to himself. When he finally realized he was free, he ran straight to the church and told them about it. God, help us to build an altar. Number two, they didn't just build an altar. Look what he did, verse 25. Look at the second thing he did. He didn't just build an altar. He called on the name of the Lord. <laughs> he built an altar. He bids God an invitation. You know what fixed a lot of our problems? Hey man, here's what the word bid means. It means to call. It don't mean to make a demand. It does not. Instead of making demands, we need to call on God. That's his phone number, Jeremiah 33. In case y'all didn't know, 33.3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great mighty things, which thou knowest not. Call, I'll answer, I'll show. How many of us could call 
he'd answer and we'd see some things. Amen. That's his phone number. Have you used his phone number lately? Somebody help me. Amen. Wonder why God ain't doing nothing for him. Amen. It's kind of like young folks say, hey, hey, uh, you know, hey, my family, uh, hey, why don't you come by and see us? I said, well, brother, I'm busy. You want to come to church? I'll see you over there. And you want to come on? I'll see you at Bible college. You know, I'm kind of busy. But by the way, the road goes both directions. Somebody help me. Woo! Hey, I just want to let y'all know, if we call, he'd show up once in a while. Hey, this is what he said. When the Lord showed up, he bid an invitation. This is what he said. That's what he said. He called upon the name of the Lord. He called upon the name of the Lord. How long has it been since you called on the name of the Lord? So many people want to pray. They want to give God an ultimatum. Well, if you do this, I'll do this. Well, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Why don't you quit thinking you can't move God with one single ultimatum. Somebody help me. Hey, man, I remember Brother Hannah Melby. We used to go up there, take the whole church up there to camp meeting in Kentucky. And I remember we walked in one day, and uh, Brother Melby, he was letting it rip. Hey, man, bragging on the Lord, telling about prayer, God answering prayer. We'd all gathered up in the altar. Y'all remember that, Miss Connie? My, Michael, brother, you mean we gather around the altar a lot of times, and we're fixing to pray, and we're singing them old hymns. Hey, man. Thank God I'd, I'd rather <laughs> Woo, be an old-time Christian. I mean, we're seeing Brother Milby got talking about this lady. He was in his church, and he said, there's a lady in his church, got a boy that was sick, and uh, she'd been faithful, uh, and, and she went out behind the hospital. Uh, and, and I'd heard other preachers tell it, but Brother Milby evidently knew this person, and said she went out behind the hospital. Uh, Brother Scott, here's what she said. Uh, God, if you don't heal my boy, if you don't heal him right now, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get on I'm going to tell everybody on the phone I'm going to go every church I've ever been to and tell them you're a liar that you're not real that you're he, and, and in just a few minutes she came back in and, and sure enough he got to we can't explain it how we didn't think we could do nothing else he's getting better well 20 years later he died in an electric chair better be careful what you try to demand of God he's going to go ahead and take her boy to heaven and now he's going to have to bust hell somebody ought to listen to this preacher you say God's going to do what he's going to do. Nay, I know he's going to do what he's going to do. But I think things like that happen just to remind us we don't shake our fist at God. We don't give him no ultimatum. We don't draw the line and say you do this. No preacher can do that. No people can do that. But you can say invite God. He'll fix your church. Invite God. He'll fix your family. Amen. Give him an invitation. To stay a while, somebody help me. Amen. Hey man, see great things. You'll get to see great things if you'll just call them. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Have you asked till you asking turns desperate to seeking? Asking and seeking is two different things. Hey man, but have you got so desperate that you went to knocking? That ain't knocked just one or two times. That's not doing a polite little tap like we do sometimes visiting when we really don't want to go, but we go and pat and run back to the car. I'm talking about knocking. I'm talking about beating the door down. I'm talking about getting a hold of the horns of the altar until victory comes and forgiveness is God. Help us, Lord, to call on the Lord. That's what he did. When the Lord showed up, he built an altar. When the Lord showed up, he bid an invitation. 
Amen. You know, say, preacher, I don't, I don't know about much about this praying business. Well, there's at least, there's a whole lot could be said about prayer. I've already preached it on Wednesday. Well, let me say three things right quick. If you're going to be a God, if you're going to pray, if you're going to seek God's face, the first thing you got to do is draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God, James 4, 8, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your, just imagine God over here and you over here. And if you'll just take one of your biggest steps, hey man, he's going to have a foot that's going to step on the Mount of Olives and the other's going to sit on that other mountain and it's going to split down the middle and fresh water's going to run to the Dead Sea and give life when he comes back. Them's pretty good steps. Are y'all with me? Amen. If you'll just take a step toward God, he'll take a big step toward you. All you've got to do is just take a baby step. Hey, hey man, just uh, take a little step. But sometimes there's a lot of stuff between you and it. There's a lot of stuff between you and God. You got to get all that stuff out of the way so you can draw. Somebody help me. Hey, man, you're going to have to draw up close to God if you're going to give him an invitation. Hey, man, you're going to have to speak to him. In 1 Samuel chapter number 1, Hannah's down there praying. Eli's back slid as a billy goat. He's let the light go out. He don't see no open vision. He's let his sons become wicked. They're holding preaching offices and priestly offices, even though they're fornicating with women that are not their wives somebody help me I never did get right turned people away from church turned man, corrupted the sacrifice distorted the view of the coming sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary and God said he's going to take the ark away from them well before he did that in 1 Samuel chapter 1 Hannah's down there praying she's so caught up in praying that nothing's coming out of her mouth but but she's speaking to God in her heart. Hey, listen, Eli thought she was drunk. She made, he made fun of her for getting drunk. I don't care how long's it been. Y'all look up, God have mercy. How long's it been since you spoke so intimately and precious to God that they thought you was drunk? You said, well, she's speaking in her heart. She's done, it gives an idea. She has prayed so much that all she can do now is pray in her heart. But she's acting in such a manner that he thought she was drunk. Hey, man, I doubt he'd have thought that if she was saying, no, she was getting a hold of God. How long's it been since you prayed and people thought she was drunk? Are y'all listening to me? That's a woman right there. Is everybody okay? I'm taught praying mama. Woo! For Hannah. What an example. Somebody help. He ought to be drawing to him. He ought to be speaking to him. I don't care if they think you're drunk. But I tell you what Paul said. You're going to have to learn Thessalonica. You're going to have to learn in, in the Ephesus church. You're going to have to learn in the Crete church that you're going to have to pray without ceasing. The key to our the answer. Oh, Lord, I want to get there in a minute, but let me say this in case I don't get by in Acts chapter number three. <laughs> hey, man, I want to get there in a minute, but in case I don't, Brother Tony, in Acts three, Peter and John is going up. 
They didn't have a local independent Bible church. Oh, they'd have been there. They was going to the place that they, <laughs> they was going to the place that they only were allowed to worship. And they went up at the hour of prayer. Hey man, are y'all listening to me? I mean, they were tradesmen, but they got off work to go pray when it was the hour of prayer. Hey man, glory to God. And when they went up yonder with a business and a mindset of praying, that crippled boy, whoa, they got to pray with that crippled boy. I ain't got nothing to give you. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I've not got something to, oh, I can't wait. I ain't got Got something to put in your cup, but I got something that'll yeah. get you up. <laughs> Whoa! Y'all sit around, I'll shout for everybody. I'm so glad he had something that got me up. I was crippled, but somebody prayed for me. You're going to have to draw an out of God. You're going to speak to him from your heart, even if they think you're crazy and drunk. And you're going to have to pray without ceasing. And the days we're living in, we're going to have to step up for praying. Somebody help me. Amen. So he bids an invitation. Not only does he bid an invitation, not only does he build an altar, thank God he bows in his dwelling. Look what he said in verse 25. He said he called upon the name of the Lord, but then it says he pitched his tent there. You know what he said? Woo! I mean, in the verses we read, he's done moved several times. He said, glory to God. I'm a setting up camp here. God showed up here. Hey man, you know where you ought to go to church at? Where God shows up. Somebody help me. Hey man, glory to God. Where the Lord shows up. That's where you ought to go to church at. Hey man, he bows in his dwelling. He pitched his tent there. That word there, pitched, it actually means what that word in the Greek meant that the church did. It means to stretch out. It means to sprawl out. It means to get on your face. In other words, he sprawled out his tent. He stretched out his tent. Get me the idea, Brother Tony. Hey, man, when God shows up, we set up house there. We say, this is where it's at. Hey, man, glory to God. This is where the Lord showed up. I'm going to offer some praise to him. This is where the Lord shows up. I'm going to ask him to meet with us and fix my many problems. Give him an invitation just to take over every service, every song, every sermon, every soul winning trip everything say amen but but he said I'm going to tell you that ain't enough for me I'm going to sleep here he said I'm going to stretch out here I'm going to sprawl out here I'm going to bow down here he, he, he bows in his dwelling he stretches out that word there means to stretch out means to spread out but it also means to bow down so he stretches out his tent and he bows down on the inside of it hey man I got to thinking about that that little prayer shawl that them Jews use over on the wailing wall. And, and they got that prayer shawl and they sit up over their head. And it's like their own little tabernacle tent. And they'll just go to praying. Oh, hallelujah. You know what they're saying? Hey, well, glory to God. God's met with me here. I'm just going to set up my tent here. Hey, man, every Sunday morning, you ought to bring your tent with you. Somebody help me. Woo! Hey, man, it's so sweet. It's so real. Hey, man, thank God. Bless the Lord. Hey, it's so real to be at the house of God that the sweet psalmist of Israel said, hey, if I've noticed this, that when the 
wandering birds, those sparrows, don't make a home nowhere. They'll make them in the altars. And when the swallow, the mama birds, go to making up a nest, they'll make it down in the altar as if that's the only safe place. That's the only, God have mercy. The best place to raise your kids is the house of God. Set up tent in the house of God. Amen. You ought to be here at church so much they think this is your second home. That's what I'm getting at. Somebody help me. Amen. We all were just there. I know. Can't wait to get back. Amen. Amen. When's the last time you fell prostrate in the presence of God? Amen. Stretching out the shelters. You say, Preacher, you reckon God's trying to show us something? I think He is. You can go all the way back to Abraham. Think about this. Abraham thinking about this thought of stretching out our shelters and bowing down. Abraham sitting in his tent one day and the Lord shows up. Lot, instead of seeing the Lord show up at his tent, he all he sees every morning and every night is the well-watered plains of Jordan and the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because the Bible said he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He ain't living there yet, but he sees it first thing in the morning and he sees it the last thing at night. You can, God, ours, you can, hey, young people, look up in here. Careful where you're looking. You might start living where you're looking at. He's going to end up living there. Lingering there, letting his young, his people, amen, marry and intermingle there. And his wife is going to die looking back there. His whole family is going to get fouled up because they're there. He's the only one that made it out. Are y'all listening to this preacher? God have mercy. Think about this. Abraham and his tent found rest. Lot said, hey, as a matter of fact, when the visitors showed up, when the Lord showed up, he said, Abraham said, rest here a little bit. And when they showed up over in Lot City, he said, y'all rise up. It ain't safe to stand out here. If you live in such a terrible environment that you don't even want the Lord to come by, hey man, you need to get some stuff cleaned up. Somebody ought to say amen right there. From Abraham's tent, he has a view of worship. He saw the Lord. From Lot's tent, he saw lust. Somebody say amen. From Abraham, he wanted them to stay. Lot wanted them to leave. Amen. Abraham was under a tree. Somebody, I'm glad, pitch your tent under the tree. Amen. Amen. Under the tree, he got a relationship with God. He found rest with God. There was food there. There was fellowship there. Amen. He got the future there. He told, God told him what he was going to do in the future. I say amen. Hallelujah. All there under the tent. Lot found ruin. Amen. And Abraham found rest. Stretching out. Build your tent. Stay in the house of God. When the Lord shows up, hey, build your home there. It ought to be a home away from home. I I don't know everybody. I don't know everybody's uh, financial situation. But I I do know enough to know this. God's blessed us more than we deserve. And if we hadn't spent so much, we probably wouldn't just have one home. We'd have a vacation home. But we've, we've, we've wasted a lot of money on righteous living. Might as well say amen. I mean, it's biblical to know that the flesh wastes money on righteous living. 
However, God's been good to us. And they, some people may have a vacation home. And, and I've noticed up there in Columbus at the bookstore, some folks will come in and they'll say, hey, we're from Florida, but we stay up here eight months out of the year. It's their home away from home. If they ain't in Florida, folks know where they are. Oh, y'all, I hope y'all getting this. <laughs> If I ain't at 27 Troy Lane, I want them to know I love church so much, brother. Great God, you come all the way from Ralston. Hey, hey, man, why we got Anna comes all the way from at the bottom of South Carolina. Hey, man, Doug came all the way from Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, God's been good to us and he's brought us together in one place. Why? Because we want to see God here. We want to find rest here, food here, fellowship here, the future's here, the fire. God's here. The presence of the Lord's here. Amen. But then notice this lastly. Verse number 25 again. He didn't just pitch his tent there. But notice <laughs> he didn't just bow in his, his dwelling. He didn't just build his tent. The last part of the verse says and there Isaac's servants Digged a well. And you won't find where he came up empty. It goes on to say that they found water there. In verse 32, we have found water. And he called it Sheba. And for the name of the city, his bird Sheba. You know what he said? Uh, we gonna name this well. Hey man, that wasn't just some, that wasn't just some dry hole. Hey man, that wasn't just, y'all see, y'all help me right here. God help a bunch of Christians that want to live on surface water. <laughs> Hey, man, we ought to get to digging. Break out your stave and start singing, spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. God's got a place for you to get water. It's not good enough just to have surface water. You got to dig until you get fresh water, spring and water. Water's so good, you put a name on it. Say amen. Woo! Listen, for that golf course, got water to irrigate over there before they started tapping into the creek. Here's what they did. When they dug my well, Pittman's well born. said, preacher, I said, I, don't want, I want a good one. I said, I got to go all the way up there to the house. I want to put, I'm going to put a pipe in there. Hey, I'm going to start out about an inch and three quarters. And time it gets up, it's going to go going down that hill. I'm going to have pressure. I said, I want to go deep, and I want to get some good water. I said, my grandpa's well, one of them hand-dug wells, and then he went to that bigger two-foot well. I said, I want you to bring that big old, go through all this rock, and we got to 300 feet. Anybody don't know? That's a lot of money. I said, keep going. How much you got? He said, about eight gallons. I said, that ain't enough. Hey, man, go keep on going. He got down there about 484 feet. Everybody said, you need to quit digging. Hey, man, quit drilling, quit drilling. It blowed the pipe out of the hole. Hey, it was so much water they couldn't even measure it. He said, you could fill up every swimming hole from here, Ralston County, to Polk County. I said, glory to God. It was so good that the Pittman Well Boring Company come out and named the well. <laughs> Y'all, listen to this break. Hey, man, and when that crowd across the road needed water, they come 
come over, I brought the coordinates in, figured out, got the ratio, and they had to dig 200 more feet to hit the same vein. And they got in the same vein and went a little further and got even more water. Here's what I'm saying. Hey, man, you ought to find you a place. Hey, man, where the Lord shows up, builds you an altar, call on God, set up your house there, and thank God go to digging till it's enough to satisfy the needs of your house and your family and your friends and your relatives. Thank God. Get so much you can name it. Say amen. Woo! I know moral of the story is if y'all ever run out of water, come save me. Amen. Here's something I want us to notice. Isaac was one of the great well diggers of the Bible. This term there, dig, means to bore deep and bore it open. Shallow well ain't going to work. Surface water ain't going to work. It's going to take him a while. He's going to have all this going on before his servants ever come back and say, whoa, we've hit water. And it's so good, he named it. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Christian life is not just sod work. Amen. It's not just seed work. It's not just tilling up. It's not just sod work. Thank God it's well work. He wants us to dig. I wonder how long it's been since you dug in your, in your Bible. I wonder how long it's been. Are you just eating off what everybody else saw give you? Amen. Somebody help me. Amen. Sometimes you might wonder why God is taking you down to such great depths of sorrow. Why you've got to go through such heartache. Robert McShane, one of the great men of God of bygone days, Puritan, he died before he even reached his 30s. I think he was 28. They've got his death still preserved. He'd weep like this, hold his hands, and the varnish has gone off his desk. Two ruts where his elbows were. And he believed in prayer. He believed in and he had to suffer in so much sorrow that he had to go through and sometimes you're wondering why does God have to why do I have to suffer why can't I just sail alone just a little bit get just a little bit of relief because it's in sorrow that God bores you down deeper and it's in sorrow and the twist of the bit that God takes you further until one day that water's going to shoot out the top amen and you're going to be able to bless everybody through your sorrow comes the supply of everybody around you. Amen. Said, preacher, I don't know about that. Listen, we see it all through the Bible. Let me just remind you of a few. Let me remind you what it did for you. Let me, let me remind you of a little bit. Remember that woman with the issue of blood? She had a blood problem. She had to go see a blood doctor. <laughs> there was a plague that was affecting her blood. And there's a plague that's affected all the blood of everybody ever been born. And it ain't COVID. It's sin. And that plague is in everybody. We got bad blood. We got to go see the blood doctor. Hey, man, we got to get some other blood on us. Somebody say, hey, man. Hey, man. You know what she went, brother? I love this. I, I only say this because God will change your story immediately. If you're sitting here lost, instantaneous. God will change you that quick. Well, I'm going down the road. I'm going down the road. And some of y'all saints, I don't know if you're outside or inside. Y'all need to listen to what I'm saying. 
We serve a God that answers prayer. You remember what happened when she touched the hem, H-E-M, on the H-I-M? That's that finished work that takes piercing. She touched his finished work. Somebody help me. She touched his, are y'all with him? Touched his, the hem of his garment. Touched the finished work of his garment. Had that, oh Lord, I'm glad he said it is finished. Anybody? She touched the hem work on, on him, on Jesus. And you know what the Bible says? It don't say she got better. I don't look at me. It never says she gets better. Nowhere does she, it don't say in that Bible she gets better. She didn't start improving. Bible said everything she did, she just got worse. She went from worse to well, skip better. <laughs> Somebody help me. Hey, man, that's what the drug head, that's what the doper goes to the NA and AA. They say, how you doing? Well, I turned over a new leaf. I'm doing a little bit better. Well, you, won't you quit trying to do better and just go from worse to well? Somebody say, hey, man, I'm telling you what, she didn't just have a blood problem. She had a bank problem. Obviously, she spent all she had. And when the world throws you away because you ain't got no money, they say, God, that'll save your soul. You need to change doctors, ma'am. He will have the remedy that you had need for your ruin. Say amen. 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 What did the Bible say? Said when she touched him. Straightway. Straightway. Immediately. She felt she is healed. I love that. I'm, I love the hound out of that, brother Don. Hey, she felt it straightway. You know what? You're going to feel it, and it'll be immediately. I'm talking about immediately. You got to touch him. You got to get cleansed. You got to believe in the finished work. Don't get the cart before the horse. The feelings come after the touch. The feelings come after the master. Somebody help me. Hey, when God saves your soul, you will noticeably change. You'll feel it in your mind. He'll feel it in your soul. Amen. Thank God. She's straightway. Oh, what that crippled man. I said a little bit about him. Amen. But I mean, it's amazing. If you just walk down the list, in, in verse 2, he's lame. In verse 2, he's laid at the gate. In verse 3, he's looking at Peter and them. Amen. In verse number 7, he's lifted up. Amen. And, and immediately he goes to leaping in verse 8 and 9. Here's the amazing thing, Brother Tony. I said it this morning. He went from, he, he never did limp. He, he, he didn't get better. He just went from crippled to cartwheels. He went from lame to leaping. <laughs> Hey, hey, he never did limp. Hey, man, he never did say, well, I'm feeling a little bit stronger. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! I mean, he went from, hey, he went to leaping. Notice what the Bible says. He went to leaping, then he went to entering, then he went to walking, then he kept leaping when he got inside the church. Look at there. Hey, man, he just didn't have one-time fit. He's having it in church. He just didn't have it in private. He's having it in public. Hey, man, take a deep breath and a blue pill because I ain't changing. We're going to shout to victory from here to glory. Amen. 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 He didn't gradually, he didn't learn. He didn't learn how to walk. He didn't have to be taught how to walk. I'm talking about straight to leaping. And then he's loving on them. And his leaping man became an amazing man. And the religious crowd is amazed. And the other crowds hugged. I mean, I thank God for an instantaneous change. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember when the Holy Ghost dug in your old hard heart. Busted up your old hard ground. Got down in there to the good soil. Dropped some seed and all of a sudden that water he put in 
sprung up in you, a well of everlasting. Y'all remember when the Lord did that to you? You remember when the Lord showed up? Then why don't you build an altar? Why don't you call on God to fix everything in your life? Why don't you invite him to fix all the problems and the shortcomings of your family, your church, everybody in the country? Amen, praise you. Amen, glory to God. I mean, we, we about have come to the place that we don't get excited when the preacher stands against stuff. We only get excited when some Hollywood actor stands for the stuff. Somebody help me. Y'all know I'm right. I can't even say your name. I ain't even going to try to do it. I'm, I'm t- we get all talk. Wow, did you? Whoa. She's, she's talking up. Well, praise God for preachers and Christians that have been standing for generations. Whoa, somebody help me. I love that hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I'll, just, I'll, I'll give you a couple more. Just to remind you what God did for you. Remember the blind man? When they came to him, when he finally got him calmed down enough to talk to him, I said, look, I can't tell you everything. I said, well, I just want you to know he ain't as good as you think he is. And I bet he thought, really? He said, well, he ain't got the power to do that. And he said, really? And I said, well, tell us who you are. He said, all I know is I was blind, and now I see. He didn't say, well, I'm starting to see a little bit better. Well, things is clear enough. That ain't what he says. He went from darkness to light. <laughs> Woo! Don't y'all remember what God did for you? You was crippled. You was in the dark. You had a blood disease. But instantaneously, straightway, immediately, God done something for you. You was blind and now you see. So here's what I say. Build an altar. Call on God. Pitch your tent. Hey, man, brag on Jesus once in a while. And share the good news. Hey man, glory to God. Grab your stave and go to digging a well again. Let's dig a well. Let's keep on digging. Hallelujah. And all God's people say it. Let's stand to your feet. Mind God, she's coming to play. Father, we love you today.